Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 663, recorded live on Saturday, December 12th, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who uh, definitely got some snow, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who has only seen a dusting so far this season, Andy Love High. Yeah. So Thursday night, Thursday was gorgeous. Wednesday and Thursday, gorgeous days, like 45 degrees, sunny, beautiful days. Um, like took Laz for his walk that day. Like I went out in a t-shirt and it was so nice out. Yesterday morning uh, starts raining and then gets colder and then the rain turns to snow and then more snow and then more snow. And then this morning I wake up and there's five inches of snow. Yeah, we've just had rain all day. Yep. I'm looking at the 10-day, and it looks like there might be snow on, uh, looks like Saturday? Friday, Saturday? But yeah, no, we, we have not gotten... <laughs> We have not gotten it. It was really funny, though, because uh, two weeks ago, I was off on uh, Wednesday. I drove over to uh, Ikea, and I stopped by my dad to um, pick up some stuff from the house. And he had some stuff for my sister to give me, too. And I go up there, and there's snow over on the east side. And I'm just like, what's this? What's this white stuff? (laughs) What is this stuff falling from the sky? (laughs) It's like Kalamazoo. West side, nothing, no problem whatsoever. East side, snow. Yep. Well, so. we we got uh, an unknown amount of like snow ban going on. So like, I got five inches here, but like downtown could have gotten like three, one, a dusting. Who knows? <laughs> Weather's weird, man. Weather's weird. Mm-hmm. Really, weather underground? You think I'm in Chicago? There Aren't you? you go. Now, now you know where I'm at. No, I know you're not in Chicago. No, I yeah, you know I'm not in Chicago. Yeah. Let's look at the last week. Weekly precipitation. That's a thing I can look up. We got 0.72 inches of precipitation over the last week. How do I find... Probably all rain. How do I find mine? I guess I searched for me. Madison, Wisconsin. Is that what, history? Yes. Uh, Daily summary precipitation. So I think precipitation is weird because I think it's measuring if it were all water because the precipitation here says 0.34 inches. Um, Did you, is there one for snow depth? Uh, I'm looking. I do not see snow depth. Wisconsin State Climatology Office. Someone forgot to escape their JavaScript. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know exactly what happened there. They put double quotes, and they meant to put back tick. Oh, cool. There we go. Nope, that's January 18th, 2020. That's not what I want. Nope. Nope, that's that's a little off. Current results, snowfall accumulation, averages. I mean, I could go outside with, like, a ruler <laughs> and tell you. We got, like, four and a half or five inches. My arms can tell you this because they had to shovel it. <laughs> No, I don't we need your ten year average of Madison snowfall. This is that that's not that's not what I need. Current conditions conditions snowfall analysis. Maybe it's that. Oh oh okay, it's definitely that snow band has gone north of us. If if we were up at the cottage, we would definitely be getting somewhere around um three to four to four to six inches. Ooh man, yeah, you got nailed by this thing. Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> like, yeah, if you drew a line 
from Lincoln, Nebraska to Madison. That's where the snow is going. Yep. And it followed that line. Yep. <laughs> and just like the storm moved, but a part of it was always over Madison. So mm-hmm. we got a lot of snow. It's too bad. I was planning on like, you know, doing stuff today. And <laughs> nope. After after getting out there and doing the snow this morning slash afternoon, because my snowblower broke. And so it took like an hour, hour and a half to do the snow. I, I was, I had no energy. I was so tired. Holy crap. Shoveling snow is hard work. Also, I need to do it tomorrow because the snowplow literally just came by as we were prepping for recording. So now there's a like one and a half foot tall pile of snow at the bottom of my driveway. This, this is kind of why I like the outbacks, especially now that I know how to turn off tracks and control and turn on the off-road mode too. Wouldn't you want traction control on? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Um, I forgot what the, the, the lineup behind it is, but um, sometimes the traction control, if you turn it off, will just power the wheels through it. Ah. But if you turn the traction control on, if it starts to feel a wheel spin, it's going to basically turn that wheel down. Mm. And sometimes if you're just sliding all around, it's just going to turn all the wheels down. So, <laughs> yeah. I have already gotten, you know, stuck in mud with that once. That was not fun. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I am not looking forward to going out and shoveling out the bottom of my driveway because the problem, like my cars can get over that. That's not a huge obstacle, right? It's snow. Oh no, there's snow at the bottom. We have a RAV4, which would just go over the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Or I could just back up slowly with the Prius and like push it out of the way, right? Not, I'm not worried about getting stuck. But then it just compacts it down, and then it doesn't melt, and it keeps building up, and it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just freezes, and then trying to, yeah, get it out of there after it's frozen. Oh, God. And, like, last year, when this happened several times, I actually just took the snowblower and got on top of the pile and just, like, went across the top of the pile and shaved it down with the snowblower. Mm-hmm. Because it was tall enough that I could get on it and walk on it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, having having the gas-powered snowblower just... I just mow it down. Yeah, I'm. So I need to decide: Am I going to try and repair the snowblower, which shouldn't be too hard, right? I need some wiring. I need a, a length of wire, and I actually have some uh, from a light switch that I pulled out of the wall because the light switch was faulty. So I could I could use that wire to like patch this one, or do I just give in and buy a gas powered snowblower that's going to like chew through the snow in my driveway? I can tell you from my experience, we had electric snowblower. Yeah. And then we got gas. Yeah. So. And? Yes, and? We, we haven't really had a use for it yet. Okay. You you can't really compare them because you haven't had snow. Yeah. Okay. Why did you get gas? Because the electric snowblowers just don't have enough horsepower. It's just the honest, straight truth. It just, there's not enough horsepower in most of the electric snowblowers to handle thick, heavy, wet snow. Yeah, I've I've noticed that. Or, or mine will get like the the tube gets clogged if the snow is like really heavy and really wet. It just clogs up, and then I have to manually like push the snow out of it. Yeah, no, I that happens every once in a while. Like the ice chunks will just get jammed up in there. You just gotta just 
poke it with a stick. Yep. Oh, it would be nice not to have to worry about the cords, too. I might just do that. I don't want to go to Home Depot. <laughs> the um, Mine also has an electric start, so I don't even have to. Um, I don't have to do a pull start if I don't want to. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, it just I just plug in an extension cord into the thing. Start it and then unplug it. Yep. Nice. Cool. Uh, well, happy Hanukkah, Andy. Well, I'm oh yes, is it. this is this the third night? Third night. Okay. Third night. Yeah. <laughs> yes, three candles. <laughs> are you are you glancing over at your menorah? Is that what you're doing? Well, the menorah has long burned down, sir. You are supposed to light it just before sundown, and the candles should last for like an hour past sundown. Sundown was five and a half hours ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would that that would be a while ago. So I, I do not have any candles in the menorah to check, but uh, I, my friend did the prayer the first night and I did the prayer the second night and she did the prayer again tonight. So that's where we're at. That's how I was checking the third night. Okay. Like, wait, gotcha. who did it this time? Right. Yep. Now we are on day, day 11, day 12 of the advent calendar here. Closest thing I, that I, I can hope do. Day 12. <laughs> yes. Hope day 12. Because <laughs> it's December 12th. That's what we've got going on over here. Mm-hmm. Isaac's uh, starting to learn about Legos, so. Ooh, ooh, that's a dangerous path to go down. Yep. <laughs> so, did I send you, speaking of other random stuff that happened this week, uh, did I send you the thing from the internet service company? Yes, because you we talked about T-Mobile. So my internet kept going out on Thursday, uh, which is, you know, kind of problematic when I'm working from home. Yes. Yes, it would be. Um, so I reached out to an internet company out here in Madison and I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I found you guys as a company. Like how much do you charge? Is this a, an option? And like, uh, we do businesses and apartment buildings. We don't have fiber in your area, but we could set up a, uh, what did they say? Point to point wireless solution. The installation would cost a few thousand dollars for the equipment and our monthly fees start at $195. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 no that's i have to send something back to them to say like uh not quite what i'm looking for thank you though we're actually looking at getting rid of comcast up in holland because of problems we've been having with them recently oh man and if if we didn't if we didn't need a static ip address we could get hold on let me look up their uh, uh holland public works Internet broadband. Let's see. Shared. We could get a shared gigabit fiber. Yeah. For $85 a month. Damn. That's not bad. If we didn't need a static IP address. Oh. As soon as we need a static IP address, the price jumps up to two, $220 a month. Well, you know, yeah. Our Comcast. What if, what if you com- need a static IPv6 address? <laughs> Do they still charge that much? Like IPv4, I could understand needing like a huge amount, right? We're we're actually running low on the number of IPv4 addresses. But IPv6, like, come on. Um, I'm not sure if our Cisco routers are set up to to do IPv6 at the moment. I'd mm-hmm. I'd have to ask our network corporate guy yeah 
But yeah, no, if I didn't need a static IP address, gigabit fiber for $85 a month. Bucks. I'm paying 75 bucks for just regular cable. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, Comcast up there with a static IP address is one, uh, one, one, seventy. So much money. One seventy. So much money. Yeah, one seventy a month for a static IP address for Comcast right now. Jesus, too much. Yep. What was really funny was okay, so we just got internet out at one of our transmitter sites, and this guy from Spectrum had been just hounding me. He's like, "Hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk." And I'm sitting there going, "Like, talk about what? We got internet out there. That's all we need." Mm-hmm. And he j- somehow he gets a hold of somebody who forwards him to my phone, and I didn't recognize the number, so I pick it up, and he was like, "Oh, good, I finally got a hold of you." And I'm like, "Okay, sure. What do we need to talk about?" And he's like, <laughs> "We have a great bundle option for you oh for, this, my God. for this new site," and I'm just like, "Do you know what that site is?" <laughs> he's like, "Well, I thought it was in a residential area," and I'm like, "Well." Yes, it, it's yes, surrounded. It's not a house. <laughs> it's surrounded by houses. Yes, you are correct, sir. But it's a radio transmitter site. So unless <laughs> I, I don't need TV and phone. Yeah, I don't need TV and phone out there. <laughs> He's like, oh, let me put that in my notes so nobody contacts you again. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> You're like, thank you. Why wasn't it already in there? I'm like, that's that's why we just got internet. We don't need anything else out there. That's all we need, internet. Just that's it. Oh, okay. Well, should we, um, we should probably move into topics. We got a lot to talk about. Andy, I added topics this week. What? I already had like 14 topics already on the list. Yeah, well, you missed some important ones. So I added them. Okay, well, what did we I miss? We have a lot of topics. What did I miss? What did you... Uh, you missed that WoW Classic has now patched up to Naxxramas, which oh. in itself is not actually that interesting, but does bring up the question. The whole point of WoW Classic is that it was WoW without all of the expansions and creep. Nax was the last thing before Burning Crusade, though. No, uh, yes. Yeah, before the first major, uh, yeah, before Burning yeah. Crusade. Yeah, Burning Crusade so, was the first expansion, I remember, because that was right when I stopped right. playing. I right. burnt myself out. I remember out. prepping for Max, for, for Nax, and then, like, all of a sudden Burning Crusade's out, and, every, like, all the top-tier gear was getting replaced with trash. Uh, and that's when I stopped playing. I'm like, I, I, I can't do this. I'm not into this. Um, so what's going to happen? Are they going to start adding expansion packs to WoW Classic? Are they going to reset the server? I don't I don't know. Yeah. Has, has anyone at Activision Blizzard been sitting there thinking about this? I have to assume that they have, right? Like someone has been putting thought into this, but they haven't been sharing it. Maybe we'll find out at BlizzCon Line. Maybe. When is that? That should be soon, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not till February. Okay. BlizzCon Line, February 19th and 20th. Uh, you missed that GameStop is in deep trouble and is closing like a thousand more stores. No, they've, they've closed 400 so far this year, which I think we yep. talked about. They expect to have closed a thousand stores in the next two years. Not even, sorry, in the next, uh, in the, the previous two years. And they've closed like the 400. So there's like 600 more by March. Oh, jeez. That, uh, that's a lot of yeah. stores. Yeah, and you missed, and this is one that we can actually, like, dig a little deeper into, the Video Game Awards. 
VGAs still happened? Well, except they're not called the Video Game Awards now. They're just called the Game Awards. And they, they happened. They were this this week. Sure. So Game Awards were um, released. Any guesses for what took top place? The Game of the Year for 2020? Uh, probably, um, oh, that uh, the, the Last of Us. Last of Us Part Two. Good That's- guess. That that one's been you know when that came out that was you know on everybody that was on my Facebook feed a lot. I still need to play Last of Us One, which I have somewhere around here. Was that on the three? Might have been on my PlayStation Three, not the four. Uh oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Um, other nominees for Game of the Year was Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Animal Crossing: New Horizons. <laughs> like one of these things is not like the other yeah i know uh last of us took a lot um best game direction everybody loved it that i knew of yep uh ghost of tsushima got the best art direction final fantasy 7 took best score damn right it did uh let's see best ongoing game no man's sky that's still going on evidently best mobile game among us of course. Of course it did. Um, best VR was Half-Life Alex. Of course. More things for Last of Us. More things for Last of Us. Best RPG was Final Fantasy VII. Of course. <laughs> best family game, Animal Crossing New Horizon. Best multiplayer game, Among Us. Like, I, like yeah, honestly, yeah, if you just gave me these lists of just titles and didn't even tell me who was nominated. You probably would have guessed them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, best family game, Animal Crossing. It's just like, duh. Best best sim game. Um, all right. Um, all right, Smarty. Best esports game. Best esports game? Yep. Give you a hint. It didn't come out in 2020. Best esports? Like, like, are you talking like, we're talking like That's Fortnite? the category name. I, don't ask me because I don't have any other information. Just best esports game. That's the category name. Best esports game. Not not like sports, like you know NBA sports, right? Andy, the category title is best esports game. Stop stalling and scrolling to try and find it so that you can get it correct. <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't done it yet. League of Legends. Lol. Really? Yeah. Okay, so this was Fortnite. There it is. All right. Okay, that one I'm kind of surprised at. If you if you would have given me esports, I did. You blanked. I know because I didn't know what you were asking. Yep. It's like you just came to me and said best flabberty lock. Oh come on now! At least esports is a like defined thing. How about farm simulator? How about that? Hmm? Farm simulator. Like what was the best farm simulator? No, no, no. The, the, have you seen the farm simulator esports league? I have not. Oh my gosh. This thing is like legit. Is it, is it very serious? Um, is it people that see, ah, man, like what mm, yeah. farming simulator league put on by giants software guys who make farm simulator. Yeah. They're getting like teams from the actual like manufacturers to compete now so there's like a john deere team excuse me i have to go contact john deere (laughs) 
and learn how to play Farming Simulator. Um, what else did you miss that I added? Uh, oh, DeepMind is, is up to new tricks. You may remember DeepMind from such things as AlphaGo and Alpha Chess and Alpha Starcraft. Yeah. What they call it? Alpha Alpha Star was the Starcraft one. Yes. Uh their their new algorithm called Alpha Fold is taking on um protein folding. Oh good. And has already surpassed everything else. On the market. AlphaFold, here's the quote from the article. AlphaFold did quite well, far better than any other entry. For about two-thirds of the proteins that predicted a structure for, it was within the experimental error you'd get if you tried to replicate the structural studies in a lab. Well, good for it. So they haven't solved protein folding, but they have an AI that's really good at predicting what it would look like. Okay. So that's kind of cool. All right, I think those are all the topics I added. So everything else is just like, you know, normal Andy stuff. I mean, uh, sorry, what? Really? You don't want to talk about SN8? I, of course I want to talk about SN8. <laughs> SN8 Snate. 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 Oh, 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 I should have added that. We could have talked about SN9. Isn't it already supposed to be in the launch pad on Monday? Did you see what happened to it today? No, what happened to it? <laughs> Go Google SN9. Wait, what? <laughs> Go what? Google SN9. <laughs> oh no, what happened to it? <laughs> it fell over. <laughs> Uh, earlier today, SN9 was in the, the high bay, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Or the tall bay, one or the other. Uh, and one of the supports gave out and the entire thing tipped and fell into the wall of the high bay. Oh no. (laughs) So it might not be on the pad this week. The, the memes are, this is what happened when they showed SN9, <laughs> the footage of SN8. <laughs> and that SN9 just kind of noped the F out. <laughs> nope. So, yeah. Um, they're, they're working hard to, to fix it and, and save it, but it, it tipped. It fell. Okay, latest news from uh, Boca Chica Girl. Uh-huh. Uh, the crawler crane, dubbed Tankzilla, has secured the leaning Starship 9 inside the high bay. So, they've got it secured right now. Good. So from, it won't fall more. Yes. But, I mean, they're, they are going to have to check everything, right? Like, every bolt, every fuse, every panel. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so wow. that's that's another thing that you missed. SN nine fell over, <laughs> not totally over. I mean, nope. it's only it's only like at a five degree offset from vertical, right? Well, maybe a little more than that, not much more. Uh, but it just like nope, 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 nope. It noped out of that. But anyway, SN eight. What happened to SN eight, Andy? Well, they uh, it launched. It went up. It did the belly flop maneuver where it um. It basically fell down sideways for a bit and then um, was able to relight itself and go back vertical and then tried to land but didn't have enough um, gas left in the tank. 
Oh no, no, it it was it was more uh, slightly more than that. Well, uh, uh, they uh, no, did actually it, have enough gas. It had enough gas, but there wasn't enough pressure from the header tank. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So going up, one of the rockets went out, and no, I, I, th- I still don't know if that was intentional. Or yes. Not. No. The 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 two shutoffs were intentional for the liftoff. Okay. The shutoff when it was coming down was not. No. Yeah. It it there was enough pressure to keep the engine going. Yeah. So it 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 went up. It came down on its side, which was really interesting to watch. It was just kind of like floating down. It did the maneuver to right itself. And then it slammed into the ground. And had a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. disassembly. I don't know if it was an unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> like, they knew that this thing was probably going to crash. If you talk to anyone at SpaceX, the idea was, we'd like it to land, we expect it to crash. What did Musk say in his tweet? It had a one in three chance of actually landing? Yeah. I love that the uh, the SpaceX feed after the crash had... It- little bottom third said engine shut off (laughs) (laughs) it's like well yeah yeah no no it did yeah the the engine did indeed shut off uh not in the way that you would have liked it to but it was also a huge celebration like people at spacex were going nuts they were so excited about this thing and about its performance they said that they got all the information that they needed other than how not to have a support break in the hangar <laughs> oops well at least oops. it's not a uh what was that nasa satellite that fell over oh i vaguely remember that Yep. Okay. Yeah. So on September 6, 2003, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration N Prime satellite fell to the Lockheed <laughs> Martin factory floor in Sunnyvale, California. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, at least it's not a satellite you tipped <laughs> onto the floor. <laughs> no. No. I mean, it's still not not great. No. Right. To, to, yeah. But, but yeah. um. But that's cool. Like they did a really awesome job, and it was really cool to see it go up and and fall on its side like that, like it was supposed to. Um. Not like nine did. Yeah. Um. See other cool news. Um. Uh. The last Zodiac killer cipher has been um cracked. Cool. What? Now I want to know what the encryption was. Um. It basically he had his weird key cipher. Mm-hmm. Um, had 340 characters on it, and um, the first, I think the first couple of them were just like simple, like one-to-one key ciphers, but this one was like, it was a double-layered cipher where he had the cipher and then he converted it into another thing, so they had to basically brute force it, and supposedly they had to go through like 600 and, um, like 660,000 different um, combinations, mm. but these guys actually have a uh, an episode of Let's crack Zodiac. <laughs> Oddest podcast ever, but okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to jump into it, cool. Um, okay, so I mean, they never caught him, right? No, the FBI actually responded to this, and it's in the article. It says the FBI is aware that a cipher attributed to the Zodiac killer was recently solved by private citizens. 
the Zodiac Killer case remains an ongoing investigation for the San Francisco Division of the FBI and our local law enforcement partners. Due to the ongoing nature of the investigation, out of respect for the victims and their families, we will not be providing further comment at this time. Okay, but, I mean, cool. Someone figured out the cipher. Yep. Looks like a really weird block of text to me. Yeah, 340 characters in transposition something something. That's... Yep. (laughs) Like I said... There's a podcast for it, so yay. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, so Samsung made fun of Apple over the iPhone 12 because there was no charger in the box. Mm-hmm. According... Samsung... Oh, God damn it, Samsung. Yeah, yeah. According to basically the Brazilian version of the FCC, the new devices that have been submitted there do not have a charger in the box. No headphones either. Well, I mean, no headphones, because does it even have a headphone jack? No, no, it doesn't. But no no AirPods, no nothing. Yeah. Ah, ha, ha, Apple, what a stupid company. Oh, wait, we should probably do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I Apple's, mean, that Apple's reasoning me, for this was it's better for the environment by not having to include a charger because they think everybody's already got a charger, which they're right. probably right. I'm I mean, sitting there thinking, I've got like three of them right now. I've got another two in my backpack. Yeah, like legit, everyone probably has a charger by now. Yeah. But I do hope that they um, lowered the cost by the cost of what that charger would be. Please. They didn't. No. no well, we don't know. It's going to be announced. Um, they say they're not actually going to announce it at MWC because I don't think there is going to be an MWC this year. Uh, uh, back 28th of June. So 2020 got canceled. I think they said Samsung's going to hold an event that's kind of... Um, they said they were going to do it around... Uh, people are thinking, oh, in January. So I think they're, I think they're focusing more on the CES crowd rather than the mobile worldwide mm-hmm. conference. Yeah. What's going to happen to CES this year? Is it like totally digital? Are they actually having it? Let's see. CES 2021, 11th through the 14th. Oh dear. CES 2021 moves to an all digital experience. Okay. Well, that's going to suck for a lot of people. It's really hard to show off. Look how crisp and clear our screen is on your screen. <laughs> Oops. Or, you know, having those small little startup companies. Guys, we made this awesome new technology. You have to try this to believe. Oh, shit. <laughs> I actually, um, it's kind of funny. Well, we've got a, uh, a farm broadcaster, which, side note, there's actually a special association of farm broadcasters mm-hmm. um, and they normally have a conference somewhere in the you know like iowa or you know nebraska or something okay. that was virtual this year and it was kind of funny watching this virtual conference because he had like you know um farming companies like you know sending him food and like hats and like steaks and stuff going hey don't forget to sign up you know for a a 30 minute block you know so we can do our webinar with you he's just like wow <laughs> They are chomping at the bit. <laughs> so yeah, I could see something like that. If you're a reporter for CES, just getting everybody to come and be like, hey, don't don't forget about us. Please, please come in for a, you know, webinar tech demo. Yep. God, our conference is going virtual now too, isn't it? Hold on, let me look this I up. I don't know. Michigan Association of Broadcasters, Great Lakes Media Show, unconventional. Ha ha ha. 
So I've got speakers here listed, but I don't tell me how it's going to work. Hmm. To find that out later. And in other surprising news, yes. Um, there's the MAB is going to provide a feed of the Michigan Electoral College vote. <laughs> any any other year, you would not expect that to be a thing, are, right? Are we expecting it to like be surprising? I hope not. Like this isn't supposed to be a thing, right? Right. Let me put it this way: if it is a thing, riots will happen, like constitutional crisis. Yeah. Did you see today that the Texas GOP was saying that they should secede? <laughs> Whoa. Really? Hang on. Hang on. Let me find the quote for you. Chairman of the Texas Republican Party appeared to float secession after the Supreme Court shot down their lawsuit. Um, where is it? By tossing the letters joined the 17th states. Uh, perhaps law-abiding states should bond together and form a union of states that will abide by the Constitution. Pretty sure they tried that in, like, 1861. <laughs> Didn't go so well for them. Let's look up the top GDP states in the United States. Uh, Texas is up there. I know. Texas is number two. Florida is number four. So California, New York, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Well, Ohio might. (laughs) Depends. New Jersey, Georgia, Washington, Massachusetts, North Carolina. Okay, so Texas. Yeah, I could see that. Texas and Florida. you You got, you know, two of the top four right there. God, California is 14.8% of the national GDP. Yeah. Jeez, oh, Pete. Imagine, so like if, if California were to secede, right, it would immediately be one of the top GDP countries in the world. Yeah. And would remove a large chunk of the U.S.'s GDP. Let's see. Uh, you, uh, GDP for United States, 2019, 21 trillion, I think, if I'm reading that right. China is at 14. California by itself last year, 3.13. That's bigger than India. Yep. I want to know by federal spending. States by federal spending. Which states make the most off of the federal government? Federal government. Oh, oh, man. Virginia, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, and New Mexico would be effed, like effed in the A. More than 30% of their state GDP comes from federal spending. (laughs) Per capita balance. Here we go. So states that lose money to taxes. Texas is one of them. California is another. Evidently, Wyoming uh nebraska north and south dakota minnesota illinois new york new hampshire massachusetts connecticut and new jersey all of the other states get more money from the federal government than they send wow 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 speaking of california god we got some a lot of california topics on here yep yeah um have you heard of cruise cruise automation no no like cruise control no no are these the people who made cruise control no no no. cruise automation is the autonomous vehicle subsidiary of gm okay they have started testing fully driverless vehicles on public roads in san francisco cool all right well when we say fully autonomous we're talking like what was a type four type five uh i'm talking about no human safety driver behind the wheel uh so that is 
Hang on, hang on. I'm pulling up the infographic. Uh, yeah, so type 4 and 5 are the ones that have no human interaction. Uh, this is oh, the, okay, the there, was a human, there was a human safety operator in the passenger seat, but not behind the wheel. Does the driver have the option to control the vehicle? I, uh, I would have to watch this video. <laughs> Okay. Because remember, type zero is no autonomy, driver does everything. Type one is driver assistance, things like basic cruise control. Uh, Two is partial automation, which is things like adaptive cruise control. Three is conditional automation, which is that the driver is required to be there, but doesn't have to be monitoring the roads, right? You don't need to be paying attention to it. But the driver needs to be ready to take control at any time. Type four, the vehicle is capable of performing all driving functions under certain conditions. Type 5, all functions under all conditions. So this sounds to me like type 4 or 5. Yeah, well there's um yeah, there's nobody behind the wheel, but there's somebody in the vehicle and we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Just so you know, Waymo has also been testing uh, fully autonomous mode on public roads in California without a human safety driver behind the wheel, but still in the vehicle. So gives you an idea of what's going on here. So Waymo's doing good. Cruise is doing good. Tesla's doing whatever the hell Tesla does. Yeah, well, so, you know, don't judge a company by its stock, but... <laughs> <laughs> Have you been looking at Tesla's stock lately? Oh. I've been looking at Tesla's stock lately. Yep. Tesla's stock is at $600. Keep in mind, this is after the five to one split, which means that like from several months ago, that would be the equivalent of $3,000 a share. That is nuts. If you had invested in Tesla one year ago, just one year ago, you would have made $530 a share. So I think Tesla's doing okay. Yeah. Uh, in other big money news, uh, somebody bought an 80% stake in Boston Robotics. Boston Dynamics? Well, they changed their name to Boston Robotics. Who bought them? Please don't say U.S. Robotics. Please don't say U.S. Robotics. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please don't say U.S. Robotics. Um, Hyundai. Hyundai? Hyundai bought 80% of Boston Robotics. Why? Hyundai said in a press release, Boston Dynamics. Wait, is it Boston Robotics or is it Boston Dynamics? I thought they had changed. Boston Dynamics, man. Like, I'm telling you. Maybe it is Boston Dynamics. The people who make, like, the dog robot and the yeah, yeah. walking robot that they push okay, around. Okay, so it is, and, like, it is still Boston sticks. Dynamics. All right. Yeah. Bad article. Um, Boston Dynamics will benefit substantially from new capital, technological, affiliated customers, and Hyundai Motor Group's global market reach, enhancing commercialization opportunities for its robot products. Okay, but why? Hyundai is a car company. Yes, but they build cars but using robots. Need, yeah, but why do you need, like, ambulatory robots for that? <laughs> Boston Dynamics has been doing, like, robots that can navigate uneven terrain and go outside and, like, move around and do tasks. Building a car is, like, pretty consistent, right? Like, building car A is the same as building car B when they are the same make and model. Isn't that the whole point of an assembly line? Yes. Isn't that the whole point of automation of an assembly line, that, like, I program the robot to move here and turn on the the um, 
the welder and then move here and turn on the welder and then move here and turn on the welder. Why do you need Boston Dynamics to do that? Well, just so you know, last year Ford said it was partnering with walking robot maker Agility Robotics as it designs a planned fleet of self-driving delivery vans that will drop packages at the doorsteps of people's homes. Oh, God, that's terrifying. (laughs) Self-driving van pulls up to your house, the doors open, and of course, it's going to be all futuristic, right? It's not going to look like a normal car door. It's going to be like some sliding panel door that comes out of the car and splits in half and then, like, folds up into the car. And then you're going to see of, like walking robot coming out with a package for your house you're like well fuck (laughs) get the emps ready (laughs) uh okay here also the hyundai motor chairman pledged to reduce reliance on traditional car manufacturing saying car making would only make up half of the company's future business urban air mobility would account for 30 percent like wait what like uber uber like uber air is that what we're talking about? I don't know, man. <laughs> I I lost the plot on this one a while. Like, <laughs> I don't follow. If if this were a, a like science fiction story, like why that that would be my question as as an editor. I'd be like, what what are you doing here? Like, why did this happen? What is Hyundai, it that you're trying to come up with? Analysts think Hyundai can leverage ro- robot technology to expand automation at its car factories, as well as design autonomous vehicles, drones, and delivery robots. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. Whatever. In. In other giant mega corporation news, since we're talking about companies that have purchased other companies, yeah, uh, let's take a, a swing over to the entertainment industry and talk about Disney. You mean try and talk about the four-hour-long investor day webinar that they hosted? Four hours. I mean, if you're going to do Investor Day, you're going to do Investor Day. I I don't see an issue with a four hour long presentation to investors as long as there's like content. Tell me, Andy, was there content? (laughs) Yes. Yes, there was. How much content was there? Was there four hours worth of content? Yes, pretty much. Do you think Disney wasted people's time? No. Do you think Disney is going, like, absolutely insane? Uh, a little bit, yes. Uh, yeah. Disney announced a bunch of shit. Like, wow, there was a lot of content. This this list is 52 things. 52. We're looking at movies. We're looking at shows. We're looking at Disney, Disney Plus. We're looking at... Um, Star Wars and Avengers and Marvel and holy shit, there's a lot to unpack here. And I've been watching The Mandalorian. We're, we're, we're caught up in Mandalorian and holy crap, I'm excited for like where this could go now. And I just, wow, where should we start? God, man, I don't, there's just... WandaVision is a month away. Yes. Uh, the Loki TV show looks awesome may falcon and the winter soldier is going to be in march hawkeye following that what if the what if series andy did you watch the trailer for what if i did not but i i have always been a fan of captain carter ever since it was the twinkle in marvel puzzle quest's eye yeah well like literally it started whole episode what if 
it started in the game and people are like this is, that's a good idea that's that's and then it came out in exiles and then all of a sudden now it's going to be is Haley atwell going to do the voice of carter do i know that or not no i don't know i think so because they've been talking about like they want the the people to do the voice so like robert downey is going to be voicing iron man well tony stark so god who even knows um they're doing secret invasion they're doing armor wars which are two amazing storylines in the comics. Haley Atwell confirms role in What If. Yes. There you go. Uh, they're doing She-Hulk. They're doing Miss Marvel. So Moon Knight. It's, it's impressive. It's a very impressive. Now, that said, Marvel has shown they they can handle a shared universe. They did. I'd say they made a couple missteps, right? Like the, the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, those, they were good shows, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Netflix made those. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is is evidently fantastic, but all of those have been kind of put to the side, right? Yes. They're really, they're, they're more like corollaries to the MCU. All of this stuff is supposed to be like within the MCU. And I, I'm okay with this. I like the idea that they are really translating comics to visual, I guess comics are visual media, but to video media, right? Whether it's a TV show or a movie. Star Wars um, is attempting something similar. And and so Disney announced like 10 new Star Wars series. And that's a little concerning because Disney is not, I mean, Disney's made some mistakes in Star Wars. Yes. Seven, eight, and nine are controversial. Yes. Solo is widely considered to be a bad choice. I watched it. It was okay. Right, right. It's it's an okay movie. Yeah. Is it a Star Wars movie? Not really, no. Ro- the the um, Rogue One, I like also, Rogue. like, it, it was okay, but, yeah. like, again... They, they haven't it, it feels like they've taken some time to really figure out what Star Wars is. Mandalorian's been pretty damn good. And Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars, the TV shows, were actually like pretty good. And do you know who's in charge of Mandalorian, Andy? No, who's in charge of Mandalorian? Go go search. Go look at Mandalorian director. Well, director is different than producer. Go look at Mandalorian producer, because it's the same person. Oh, hi, John. Right. (laughs) John Favreau happens to be uh, directing and producing and writing uh, a lot of Mandalorian. And I'm I'm wondering if he has now... stepped away from the Marvel content and is working on the Star Wars content. And if so, is he going to be able to take and translate the lessons learned from Marvel of handling a shared universe across multiple media and bringing that over to Star Wars? If Favreau becomes the Feige of Star Wars? I don't know, but surprise fact... Bryce Dallas Howard has directed two episodes of The Mandalorian. Yep. Uh, and in fact, there's an homage to uh, Ron Howard in in one of the episodes. There's a, se- there's a series of, of um, sequences as the ship is entering the atmosphere in one of the episodes that she directed. And it is shot for shot from um, Apollo 13. Nice. 
Very nice. And like someone called her out on it and said, like, isn't that like exactly Apollo 13? It's like, yeah. I mean, for goodness sakes, if my dad was Ron Howard, I would be right. like. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you search Mandalorian Apollo 13, uh, you'll see the comparisons. Bryce Dallas Howard confirms Mandalorian homage to Ron Howard's Apollo 13. Robert Rodriguez did an episode two? What? Robert Rodriguez. Um, the uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh, Sin City. Mm-hmm. And Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, man. Mandalorian, they, they are... Here's the thing. Disney has a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they can kind of get whoever they want. And this feels like it's been one of Favreau's like pet projects of like, I want to do this and I want to do it well. And I want to get some good people in on this because holy shit, they've done like they've done a good job. Carl Weathers, Peyton Reed. What? (laughs) Andy, go watch The Mandalorian. What? TT did an episode two. (laughs) What was that? Watiti did an episode. Yeah, several, actually. I only Ming-Na see Wen der- is in there. Katie Sackhoff is in there. My goodness. They, they did not skimp on the cast. Let's put it that way. Um, there's rumors that Mark Hamill is in there. That remains to be seen. No one knows. No one's saying anything. But the story is going such that it would make a lot of sense for Luke Skywalker to step in. I doubt it will happen. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but they have name dropped Grand Admiral Thrawn at this point. And with this other stuff that they're they're adding in. Um, so they, they announced a whole bunch of new uh, Star Wars properties, including Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka that are going to take place at the same time as the Mandalorian and interact with each other. And all of them are supposed to culminate into this one big event, which could be based loosely on Heir to the Empire. Man, I don't have time for this. Uh, the two shows will cross over with future seasons of the Mandalorian and culminate in a climactic story event. So are we talking like Arrowverse crossover events that literally at the end of the last one, I think took the whole week. Could be. Cause there was Arrow, Flash, <coughs> Supergirl, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow. That's freaking four right there. And I think they had a fifth episode, right? I don't know. I stopped watching. Oh, I'd have to go back. I haven't gotten that far yet. I just, I'm yep. still, I'm still back in just, <laughs> just the yep. two. So like, you know, this is a possibility. This is a thing that could happen. Could you imagine? Like, cause Thrawn is established in canon. Mm-hmm. Thrawn exists. And what if Thrawn is... So this is pre-First Order, post-Fall of the Empire. Palpatine has ordered all of his, like, most loyal, etc., etc., into Exegol to build the Sith fleet, whatever. So there's the remnants of the Empire, and gee, wouldn't it make sense for Thrawn to come back and try and put the Empire together? (laughs) (sighs) Andy, you gotta start watching the show, man. You gotta start watching this. Do, do, I'm, do you, do you I'm, know what my okay? So Isaac woke up. <laughs> took Isaac downstairs. Yep. You know, I um, hung out with Isaac until lunchtime. Then you know, there's I, a new Star Wars movie coming. What Rogue Squadron? Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins. Let me watch 1984 first. 
and then I'll, you mean I'll Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. Okay. Not yeah, you're right. Not 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 Orson well, not Orson Welles. Um George Orwell. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, we should probably start wrapping up. There's a uh, lot more Disney stuff. <laughs> Just so much. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Pixar yep. or ESPN or the fact that the price is going up. Yep. Oh, okay. All right, so random review. Yeah, you sent me a thing. Hmm? What are we yes. reviewing? Yes, we are reviewing the MyQ... Smart Garage Door Opener. Yes, Smart Garage Door Opener. Now, this is not the actual motor to open the garage, No, right? this is not, no. Okay. This is... Literally, I I, uh, I plugged it in. Yep. It said, hey, let's connect to your Wi-Fi. I did that. And they're like, okay, okay, hey, attach this thing to your garage door. I did that. And then they're like, okay, what type of garage door do you have? And I went down the list and I found our Genie garage door. And okay. I went through the process of basically pairing, just like I did with my car, paired, yep. you know, this box to the garage door opener. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, because... Yeah, because why would you, it doesn't even need to be, if you have a, a wireless garage door, I thought that you would have to like wire this into the garage door. No, no, no. This but you, acts, don't, you don't even need to do that. Yeah, this is, this is what we talked about where, we, you know, I'm trying to get like, you know, an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi or something to right. run, you know, run your garage door. This is a garage door opener app for 30 bucks and... Um, uh, it, it, there, there's an option in here for setting up, uh, if you have Amazon prime and you get this through Amazon setting up in garage delivery and after they, your, they drop the, cause they drive up and your Amazon account knows the garage code. Interesting. And you would op- open up, it would open up the thing. The guy would put it in your garage and you actually would get a $30 Amazon credit on future in garage deliveries. So you could buy this. Which basically th- pays for this thing. Yes. Huh. It it was set up in like a half hour and it all was through the app on my phone. Yeah. So like I'm literally like following the app along. It's like, okay, do this. All right. Now go do this. Okay. Now do this. All right. Hold on. I'm going to sit here for a second. And then it all of a sudden the garage door opens and it shuts. And they're like, okay, you're set up, ready to go. Huh. Um, the downsides is it does not have um, any integration be- with Alexa. Oh, which you can work around it because it has integration with if this, then that. So you can you can kind of work around it. To yeah, you can build your own Alexa. Hmm. The okay. the uh, um, but you cannot open it from Alexa. You can just check the status. You can check the status and you can close it. But if you want to open it, you have to open it from the app. Yeah, because um, as people have shown um, some of the. <laughs> I don't want someone walking up to my back door and shouting through the door, Alexa, open the garage door. Which there have been people who showed that, so it's no longer an option for the smart garage door opener. Yeah, that that makes sense. But Is um, there a plan for an Alexa integration? Is that like something they're talking about? uh, They have Google Assistant integration, Mm -hmm. and if this, then that. Those are the two that they've got right now. Um, So like I said, you know, if if this, then that, you set that up, you can run it through... you can run it through your Alexa that way. Yeah. I also like it because we have it set up in the app. Um, I get notifications every time the garage door opens and closes. And then um, let's see. It also works with uh, Vivint, 
Ring, Alarm.com, Google Assistant, If This Then That, Xfinity Home, Claire Controls, Tend, Alpine Audio Connect, Eve for Tesla, and Residio Total Connect. These things I've never even heard of. <laughs> um, but we can also tell it to, hey, every night, check the garage door at 11 p.m. If the garage door is open at 11 p.m., close it. Close the garage door. Yep, and then never worry about it again. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> You know, and we can set up different schedules for weekday and weeknights. Mm-hmm. We can set um, uh, users up. So, I, you know, both Kate and I are technically co-owners, but we can have guests set up to be able to access it. Um, yeah, securely invite up to three people to control your garage door with the MyQ guest feature. So I could add somebody as like a temporary user who could open and close the garage then. And then, you know, once they're gone, remove them. So, yeah, 30 bucks. Not bad. No. Um, you can also buy extra sensors, too. They sell the sensors just by themselves. So in case you have, you know, multiple garage doors, uh-huh. you can add them to the um, to the device. So, yeah, no, it was it's one of those things. I'm trying to figure out how to do this, blah, 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 blah. And then this actually popped up on Black Friday for um, $18, actually. And I saw Ooh. that. I'm like, well, shoot, 18 bucks. Somebody else has already done all the legwork for me, and I can get that so it, you know, open and close the garage from the app if I need to. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like this thing just said, hey, every night at 11, close the garage door so I don't have to worry about it ever again. Nice. I might take a look at this. I think I might give it a little bit. You, how long ago did you install it? Uh, when did I install this? Let's see, I got it delivered on November... No, it got delivered two weeks ago. This was the same time that I did the uh, battery tester, or battery jump starter. So I've had it for about the past couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, I, I installed it Wednesday two weeks ago. That's when I installed it. Yeah, neat. So there you go. Right now, 30 bucks. Yep. Ne- you know, needs, needs Wi-Fi access. So if your garage is way far away from your house... You know, you yeah. might have a... You might also, have a, if your internet goes out. Yes, if your internet goes out, it's not going to help you. Yeah. But if that's the case, like you still have all the normal ways of opening your garage that you had anyway. Yes, yes. I still have my car paired to it. I still have, you know, the little wireless remotes. All that stuff is fine. This is just yeah. sits on top of that and acts like another wireless remote. Yeah, neat. So... Cool, okay. That's my review. So the random topic rolled ahead of time. Favorite episode of Will Wheaton's Tabletop. I have heard of Will Wheaton's Tabletop. I have never actually... Really? You never watched any of it? No. Huh, okay. Uh, I watched some of them early on. I like the format of it. I like the stuff that they've done with it. I like, like, the the graphics that they do to show you. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite episode. I just, my my podcasts right now have been 538, The Communicators, and This Week in Radio Tech. Those those are my three podcasts right now. Yeah. That's, That's all I got time for. And, you know, having a literally a podcast talk about your industry with people in your industry when you have a very niche industry. <laughs> could be kind of important. To- yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to look through the list of episodes and remember, like, which ones I've seen. I don't even know which ones I've seen. It was years ago. I had Pat Rothfuss on a couple times. That was pretty good. I think I watched them do... Had Colin Ferguson on playing Ticket to Ride? Really? I, I think that's the one I was just thinking of, because I'm pretty sure I've watched Ticket to Ride. Yeah, man, I don't know. He had Morgan Webb on playing Pandemic? Yep. Okay, these are these would actually be interesting things to watch. 
Oh, it is. It is. And it's it's not very long. It's Breton Riemann. Yeah, like, take a look at it. Wow, they played Forbidden Desert with Alan Tudyk. All right. But also watch Mandalorian. <laughs> I only have so many hours in the day, Dave. Yep, I know. I don't have a favorite tabletop episode. I don't Tim Schafer and Andy Weir playing tiny epic galaxies. I, I do not remember enough of them to have a, a valid opinion. You know me. I have opinions on a lot of things. Yes, no, I don't. I Will don't, Wheaton I, Tabletop is not one of them. It was cute. It was fun. I stopped watching it for some reason. I, I honestly couldn't tell you why. I think because I just started getting fed up with Will Wheaton. <laughs> that might be the case. I could I could see that. All right. What do we got? Is that it? Yeah, well, I, I, it. I have no answer for that random topic. So, yep, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.